So there's always a catch-22, right? But how many know today that money, possessions, wealth, these things can be a huge blessing in our lives? But it also can be a curse if we're not careful, right? Because it all depends on how you view it and how you use it. But today we start a new series. If you saw that first slide, if you go back to the first slide there, look at this nice little dollar there. We're really rich. Amen? God has blessed us, and we're rich. And we're going to talk about that, so none of you are ready to say amen yet because you don't know exactly what I'm about to say. So you're not so sure. But money isn't bad, right? Can we all agree? Money isn't in and of itself bad, but it also can be used for bad. Would we agree with that statement? The lack of money isn't bad, right? Can we say that too? The lack of money isn't bad. And I want to turn our attention today to Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to jump right in today. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. It'll be on the screen. It says, "Is command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So I didn't come today to just only talk about money. Everybody say, that's good news. Because if I talked all day about money, it would be very boring, right? But there's some things in Scripture that God commands us to do with our money that's very important. Because most of the time, it's a heart condition that leads to how we view and how we spend uh, and how we are aware of talking about money. You know, Jesus talked about more about money than any other topic in Scripture. Any other topic, he spent a lot of time on money. Why? Because he knew it was going to be a struggle for us. He knew that we're going to have some issues and some wisdom we need and some struggles we need some direction. So that's why Jesus talked about it so much. So there's two main points today. And everybody say good news and bad news. So there's some good news. You ready? The good news is you're rich. Everybody say I'm rich. And depending on how you look at it, you could say that and, and really not understand, but let me just put it into little perspective for you. Because most of us, including myself, would not consider ourselves rich by the American definition of, of rich, right? But I looked up, you know, an, an income last, last night on a statistic page, and it said if you make 35000 a year for the whole household, you're in the top richest 9% of the world. The average income of the world is $2 a day or less. So if you're in America and you have a house, roof over your head, car to drive, food to eat, clothes on your back, that means you're rich technically compared to all the rest of the world. Now, I know cultural differences are hard to grasp sometimes, but I've been in the slums of Portugal and seen how different life can be without money. And you know, can I tell you, I've met some of the happiest, most joyful people that were poor. So it's not about happiness if you're rich or poor. You know, it's a heart thing. It's an attitude thing. And so compared to all the world, we're richly blessed. Like, for example, 85% of the world's homes don't even have a toilet and running water. So our houses in America have to be built with toilets and running water now. They have to. 
There's no option. We have a building code for that, right? And so all those things working together, we are very, I will say it a different way, blessed. We're very blessed where we live. And it's important to keep a proper perspective of that blessed life. But I want us to focus on the verse. It says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, but here's the, here's the bottom line, nor to put their hope in wealth, but to put their hope in God. To put their hope in God. So no matter where you are in life, no matter where financially you are, if you've got a big portfolio or not a portfolio at all and have no idea what that means, it doesn't matter because your hope and your trust is not in your money. Your hope and your trust, the Bible says, is in God. And when we misplace that priority is when we can get into trouble. But it's not just about money. Anytime anything takes priority over God, guess what? we got to rethink our priorities a little bit because our hope and trust, our faith has to be in Him. Because, you know, I guess you, you know, have heard a little bit of my story when I went through an unemployment time. It was about two years. It was a very tough time. You know, I felt depressed every day getting up, applying for hundreds of jobs a week, not hearing back from the single one. And I knew at that point that there was something that, that I wasn't doing. Well, I was doing all I could but God wanted me to learn something. How about that? Let's put it that way. I was applying for hundreds of jobs a day, and I didn't hear back from one. And I got to kind of get a red light signal going off that says, hmm, <laughs> maybe you ought to rethink the reasoning behind this. And so I did, and I found that I had to reexamine my life and learn where my priorities were. Because even though it wasn't nice and pleasant, God brought us through that because he owns it all, right? So it's easy to get distracted with things of life, it's easy to get distracted with uh, human things because we have to have them to survive. We need money to get around in this world, right? We need transportation. We need uh, clothing and things like that. You know, we don't have to have those things, but it's nice to have them because you'd look kind of embarrassing if you walked around like that, right? But Ecclesiastes 5.19 says this, When God gives any man wealth and possessions... And enables him to enjoy them. What does it say? This is a a gift. God has given us a gift to be able to work, to be able to provide, to be able to have things. It's a gift of God every single day when we have the roof over our head, the clothes on. Look, I try to thank the Lord as much as I can. Because I just realize each and every day when I'm out with cardio blessings especially, how much I am blessed. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. Like, I couldn't have come up with it on my own, right? I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. But when I walk through the streets and see homeless people that are barely scrapping to get by, I consider myself very blessed, and I want to help others. And that's, I think, what God wants us to see in his word. So the the important thing that that I normally do when I, I see someone struggling is I, first of all, reflect that I'm blessed, and the second of all is I figure out how I can bless them. It was just a small example, not anything important. But somebody, uh, when we first moved here, gave us two couches. Uh, they gave us a love seat and a chair, actually. And um, you saw on Facebook, I'm, 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 maybe some of you saw it, I'm selling them. We're making room for the nursery and, you know, all this stuff where it's in my office. It's got to go. So I put on there, somebody messaged me. They needed the furniture. So they were given to me, and I put them on for sale because I'm ready to get rid of them. Uh, but this person needed them. Now, I'm able to turn around and bless someone else because of the blessing that God gave me first. 
You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes in life, we get things, and then we turn around and give them. And then Deuteronomy 8 says this, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to what? Produce wealth and confirms His covenant with us. God gives us the ability to produce the wealth. How exciting is that, though, that God gives us that ability even though we may struggle in and out with, with finance and, and daily struggles and bills and things like that that we all have responsibility for, and then things break and those kinds of things, we can still count ourselves blessed and rich, if we will, if we want to go a step further, because of the richness of God's mercy and love towards us. That's the proper perspective. Because no matter how much money we make, some of us, and myself included, sometimes will never consider ourselves in the American culture as rich. Right? But that's not the bottom line because rich isn't bad or wrong, but the why is important. The how, because they can distract us and destroy us. And that's why the main point of this verse today, the good news is this put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in money or resources or things or cars or vehicles or houses. They'll break down, they'll, they'll burn. There's things that will happen, right? But God will never fail you. Put your hope in Him. I was just thinking this morning how blessed we are as a church. You know, we might be in a rented space and have to set up chairs and sound system every week, but how blessed are we? I've been overseas where people don't have a place to meet. They just meet outside because they are hungry for more of God. They're hungry for more of the Holy Spirit and Christ Jesus. I actually got a message this week from an Indian pastor who I met at the Power Cross rally last year who's building a church. Him and his congregation are building the church brick by brick, brick by brick, literally, cinder blocks, concrete, and they need a, a well attachment on the uh, tractor that drills down and, and those kinds of things. It's $500. Can you help us with this? Look, there's people all around the world that have it way worse than a church building with air conditioning and heating and sound systems, and it's so privileged that we are, so blessed that we are to be able to have this space and even going to another space, uh, it's a blessed position we are in. And I just want us to gain that perspective because around the world, there are many churches and church bodies that don't have that privilege. And I'm sure you've seen and heard and maybe experienced some of that uh, as well. So that first news, good, is that you are rich. God has richly blessed us, right? Do we all agree to that? God has richly blessed Second is bad news. Everybody say bad news. So first good news, you're rich. The bad news is you're rich, <laughs> right? So we got to be careful. Not bad news, cautious news. How about that? Let's say cautious news. It means more accountability, more responsibility, a position of attitude of humbleness and, and gratefulness. Look, when you start out a job, maybe you're working as a, a stalker or something. Let's, let's say that. You're making an hourly minimum wage, and you're doing hard work, and then you're responsible over a couple employees, and you have what? More accountability, more responsibility. And then you get up to management, and then you get up to the, the general manager and, and all those kinds of things. And guess what? Each time you move up the rank, you have more and more responsibility. You have more and more accountability. Because if something goes wrong, guess who they're coming for? I remember uh, I used to be a manager at Papa John's probably 15 years ago, I guess. And the, the owner was a very passionate, let me put it that way, passionate Indian man. So he would come to our, our uh, business and he would get so upset. 
Why haven't we done more money? Why haven't we got more numbers? Why are your numbers bad? And, you know, when you have that kind of position, and, and I was in high school at the time, so I thought he was a little bit crazy. But anyway, um, and he was. He, he, told me, he told me one time he wished the store would burn down because it was an insurance policy store. So our store was on his hit list because it was the worst store performing in the whole state. He had 13 probably. Anyway, he drove a, a very expensive car, and he was just a funny guy. <laughs> but an attitude of gratefulness because when you get that higher position, what comes? More accountability. Look, we have budgets here at the church that I have to you know, make sure we're not spending too much and make sure I'm not spending too much. Look, all that is, is balanced. But let me tell you something. I am blessed to have the money to balance. I'm blessed to have the resources. you know. And we look at it like that. But it means that we have more responsibility. You know, Jesus even says this in Luke chapter 18. How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus says those words? He knows that there's going to be a problem in our lives if we don't have responsibility and accountability for money. So there's some problems here. The bad news is there's some problems with abundance. Now, it's not bad problems. It's just something we've got to work through, right? Because with abundance, it's harder for you to depend on God. In America, we have a huge problem with depending on God. Why? Because we don't need Him, for lack of a better word. Our culture sees it that way, that we don't need God, because why? We can provide for ourselves. We can go work a job. We don't have to involve God. Now, in my life, I see things very different. I have to have God. I have to rely on God because I can't go to that job and make the money by myself. That's our perspective. But you can see with resources, it's easier to not depend on God. It's easier to depend on ourselves. But how many know that we have to be dependent? We have to be reliant on Him and His benefits and His goodness. Proverbs 30 says this, Keep falsehoods and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me my only daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, so dishonor the name of my God. The writer here acknowledges that when we have more, we can, we don't have to, but we can become distant from God. We can limit our dependence on him. So not only does it, uh, it's harder for us to depend on God, it also distracts us from our true priorities in life. Look, let me tell you, I'll tell you firsthand, if you get one of these apps that has a stock market trading on it, and you invest, uh, say, $100, you're going to want to look at that thing and make sure you're not losing your $100, right? So you're constantly worrying about that money sometimes. Some people do, some people just leave it and forget it, and that's the best way. But it can distract you from your priority of saving money. It can distract you from your priority of honoring God because we get wrapped up in those things. Now, are the stock markets good and a good tool? Absolutely, they can be. But let me tell you this. It can distract you from your true priorities. What is that? Matthew 6, Seek first the what? Kingdom of God. Man, if we get that right, we can get everything right, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and what? All these things will be given to you as well. Because our true priority in life is to seek first His kingdom. To love our neighbor, as Pastor Paul was talking about last week. To reach our community for Christ. 
to reach our families and the world around us for Christ. Look, money can help us do those things, right? Do we agree that? It can help us accomplish those goals, but we have to have a proper perspective and understanding because it can even distract the church from doing its job. But it can also empower us to do a great job. And today, it's not only, you know, it allows us to depend on God, it can distract us from our true priorities, but we have a greater responsibility because in Luke 12, 48, it says this, For everyone who has been given much, what? Much will be demanded. And from the one who had been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And just like I was talking about uh, in our lives as far as going up the ladder, proverbial, so to speak, in our jobs, there comes more responsibility. And in Scripture, we see the same thing. There's several times when the blessings and the talents were given. All these things happened. And even healings, the guy, the leper came back and thanked Jesus. We see that an attitude of gratitude, humbleness, and thankfulness goes a long way. And it's easy for us to get off of that track. Because as those who are rich, as a people who are richly blessed by God, our goal should be to be rich in a way that honors God. How many want to honor God? God. Not just with your money, but with your life. I'd say me, my whole life. I want it to honor God. But today, specifically speaking, we want our wealth and our possessions to honor God. But I can go a step further today as we close and say this. We need God. It's not like we have it all. I wouldn't say that for my life at all. We don't have it all, but we have a lot. And I can be thankful for that. But I need God. I have a dependent relationship on God. I can't get up out of bed in the morning. I would stay in bed and be a deadbeat all day if it wasn't for God. Right? If it wasn't for His grace and His kindness and His mercy that gets us up every day and takes us into this fallen world and shows people the humility, the grace, the love of Jesus that He has. I can't do things in my life without Him. Look, we can't grow a church without Him. We can't grow a church, we can't grow a community and help a, a community heal without Christ, without God, without the Holy Spirit. We just can't do it. We're not smart enough. We're not talented enough. We need God in every area of our life. And I can't do it without Him. So today I'm admitting to you, I can't do it without Him. We can't as a church do it without Him. Because there's a lot of work to be done. Would we agree with that? There's a, there's a lot of lot of work to be done. And, the, and like we said last week or two weeks ago, the devil knows that. He wants to distract us from that. He wants to get us off target from that. So you know what? If I can just distract him with a little money or if I can distract him with a little lack of money and get the priority off of me, off of Jesus, then I'll succeed. Because we know the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And if we realize that, it changes our perspective. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us in every decision we make. Look, when you're faced with a tough decision in your life, I would encourage you the first thing to do is fall on your knees and ask God for help. Ask Him for wisdom that only He can give. The Bible says if any of you lacks wisdom, what? He should what? Ask Him. So today I'm asking our church today, we need wisdom, right? We need direction. 
We need to be empowered to reach our community for Jesus. But we can't do it on our own abilities. We have to depend on Him. My favorite verse lately is this, Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says this, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Look, there's a lot of things in life we can fear about. We can fear about money. We can fear about our job, our gifts, our abilities, our families, our community, our safety. We can worry. But it says right here, the Lord goes before you. The Lord goes before you. So whatever situation you're going to face this week, guess what? He's already there. The Lord is before you. He is already there. All we have to do is respond to that verse. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. The Bible also says don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert. Cheerfully expected. And then the challenge here is this. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Look, there's some hard times coming. Do you agree with that? There's some hard times that face us personally in our lives. Sickness, all kinds of things. But it says don't quit. There's hard times coming for church. It's hard to move to a new location, right? There's challenges. But the Bible says don't quit. Don't give up. What does it mean? Pray harder. Don't give up. Don't quit. Pray harder. Shift our thinking from God bless me to make me a blessing. There's this guy I listened to. I've told you before. He says, when I get up in the morning, I say, God, what do you want? He said, there's enough people asking you for stuff today. What do you want me to do? If we can wake up with a perspective like that, that says, God, what can I do for you today in your kingdom? Man, it will radically change our lives. Would you agree with that? It'll radically change our lives. God, answer, shift from God, answer my prayer to God, let me be the answer to someone else's prayer. In our lives, God can use us. God can use our wealth and possessions, and He has blessed us. Let's stand together. So the good news today is we're rich and blessed from on high as a church, as a community, as a nation, as a people. But I go back to the, the verse in Second Chronicles that said, if my people, what, are called by my name, will humble themselves. We have to have an attitude of humility. God will heal our land if we seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this word today. God, your word is inspiring. It's living and active. God, you even say it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it can divide between the flesh and the spirit. So today I pray that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds through your powerful Holy Spirit. God, speak to us in the area of wealth and finance, but speak to our heart condition, God, that we need you. Speak to our heart condition that says we are dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ to get us through another day. God, it's only because of your great grace and mercy to us that we are here and we say thank you. So God, today we just ask that you would help us be a good steward of what you've given to us. Help it not to distract us, but God, help it to empower us to impact our community for Jesus Christ. Because that's our goal. 
That's why we're here, is to love our neighbor and to love God. And so we thank you for that ability that we have today to meet in this place. And God, we just say, go before us, just like that verse says, go before us and let us not fear or be dismayed, for you are with us. So whatever situation we're facing this week, let us know that you are, you are with us and you are before us, already working in our favor. And we pray today that you would bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, we offer prayer at the end of our services today. Anybody that needs prayer, I'll be around at the, the front. If you'd like to pray, be glad to pray with you. Otherwise, we'll pick up next week with the part two and final part of this series, Really Rich. Have a great day.